Japanese star pitcher Yoshinobu Yamamoto has been posted by the Oryx Buffaloes of the MPB. Should the Dodgers go all in on him? The Dodgers' reported offer to Aaron Nola has been revealed. What does that say about their plans this offseason? And Lance Lynn has a new team. That's coming up next here on Dodgers Dugout. It's time for Dodger care how many times this team rips my heart out i'll never stop loving the los angeles dodgers think blue bleed blue and i'm out what's going on dodgers nation doug mccain here my friends call me dmac credential member of dodgers media now if you haven't yet be sure to subscribe to the dodgers nation youtube channel do me a huge favor hit that subscribe button hit that notification bell and if you really want to help the channel you want to see us post even more dodgers content smash that like button and as always i want your takes down below in the comment section today's dodgers nation question of the day should the dodgers go all in on Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Also, would you rather have Yamamoto and another elite starter on the free agent market versus Otani? I want your takes down below. And for all latest Dodgers news, head over to DodgersNation.com. So the hot stove continues to heat up. We're starting to see some real activity, real signings. You got rumors swirling everywhere, and we got tons to get into, so let's get right into it. Now, the first story is about Aaron Nola. So yesterday, ESPN MLB insider Jeff Passan, he reported that Aaron Nola was re-signing with the Philadelphia Phillies on a seven-year, $172 million deal. That's an AAV of just under $25 million. I think a good deal for one of the better pitchers in all of Major League Baseball, a guy who's durable, a guy who's Perform well in the postseason. Well, today in the Philadelphia Inquirer, it mentioned the Dodgers' potential offer to Aaron Nola. It reads, it was also neither the Braves' final offer nor the only one that Nola received. The deep-pocketed and pitching-starving Dodgers put a finger on the scale at $165 million, according to a source. Phillies officials suspected more teams were involved with at least one other club offering more. So, the Dodgers' offer was reported to be $165 million. The only difference is you had one less year. So he could have gotten six years, $165 million with the Dodgers. That's an AAV of $27.5 million. Instead, he decided to sign a seven-year, $172 million deal with the Phillies at an AAV of $24.5 million. And we heard reports yesterday that Nola had taken less money to return to Philly. So this is consistent with that. And now the biggest takeaway here, and the number one thing that you need to know is that the Dodgers reported offer is another very strong indication and more proof that they are going to be spending big this offseason, that they are willing to give out money and years to frontline starters. You look at that offer, six years, $165 million, that's six years, right? Previously, we saw Bauer get a three-year deal with opt-outs. You saw they offered Max Scherzer a two-year deal. It was reported a few years ago, they offered Garrett Cole a eight-year, $300 million offer. So they've been very selective when it comes to starting pitchers, but now they need it. It's in high demand, and they realize they're going to have to spend big. Now, I see people out there saying, okay, Aaron Nola, is this an overpay for Aaron Nola? Look, I think for a pitcher that is clearly one of the top 10 to 20 pitchers in all of Major League Baseball, I think 20 is his floor, but I think his ceiling is in the top 10. You look at the year he had in 2022, 205 innings of work. I mean, he's been durable. He goes deep in the games. He eats innings, and kind of the big question here is, does this set the market? 
market for starting pitchers this offseason? And I think the answer is yes. So I see people out there, oh, he has a 446 ERA. What does this mean about the market? What are guys like Snell going to get? Guys like Yamoto going to get when a pitch that a 446 ERA signed a deal for over $170 million? Well, I'm here to tell you that that really doesn't truly reflect the pitch that Aaron Nola is. I mean, if you look at his expected ERA last season, and sat at 377, a 363 expected FIB, and he's just one year removed from a 2022 season where he was a lead. He pitched 205 innings, made 32 starts. He had a 325 ERA, a 274 expected ERA, a 277 expected FIP. And then on top of that, he has proven to be one of the very best postseason pitchers of this generation. Look at last season. He had a 235 ERA in 23 innings and four postseason starts. So one, he's been really good for a really long time. Two, he's been extremely durable. Three, he can pitch in the postseason. Now, he doesn't have explosive stuff, doesn't have an elite fastball or anything like that, but he has filthy stuff with the curveball, the breaking stuff, the way he just knows how to pitch. He knows how to go out there and be effective. So I think for me, I think that's a reasonable deal. I don't think that's a massive overpay for a pitcher that has an ERA that's over four. I think that's going to be consistent. So I wouldn't be afraid of this outcome if you're a Dodger fan thinking that guys like Snell, Yamamoto, and those types are going to be even that much more expensive based on the deal that Nola got. No, teams out there, they're not using ERA when it comes to determining which starting pitchers they're going to give multi-million dollar contracts to, nine-figure deals. That's just not the case. Now, I also think that it's interesting because it tells you the Dodgers could get something done this week. The Dodgers could get something done next week. Uh, you look at the trade markets already active. The free agent market's already active. I think there's a world where you see the Dodgers let an impact starter before the winter meetings sometime after Thanksgiving. Maybe the next couple of days. Who knows? This market just feels like it's moving faster than it did last year. That's because there are a lot of quality arms that are available and NOLA is off the board. So that is a very, very positive development. If I'm a Dodger fan, I'm looking at this saying, okay, it's not just hearsay. It's not just talk. It's not just speculation and rumors and all this da-da-da-da. No, Andrew Friedman is at the table and he's handing out offers that are extremely competitive and we see that here in this situation. And now we're going to get to Yoshinobu Yamamoto in just a second here, but some more news broke this morning that Lance Lynn and the St. Louis Cardinals had agreed to a one-year $10 million deal. It was first reported by Jeff Passan of ESPN and also John Heyman reported that the contract has $3 million in incentives for the 2024 season. He can earn up to $24 million through a club option for 2025. So look, Lance Lynn, we know he did not perform well towards the end of his stint with the Dodgers, but let's not forget, it did get off to a good start. He did have some strong starts in there. There were people screaming, oh, how did the Dodgers do this? How did they fix Lance Lynn? And then the wheels started to fall off towards the end, but still, he did eat a ton of innings. He was serviceable at the very beginning, but unfortunately, he made some history in the wrong direction, setting the record for most home runs given up in an inning in postseason history. Oh, wait a second. I'm just getting a word here. Lance Lynn has given up another home run. So look, when I said that Lance Lynn got another job, I thought maybe he got a job as a batting practice coach. No, I'm just playing. I love me some Lance Lynn. I'm glad that he's back with the Cardinals. I think it could be a good situation for him. And the reality is that 
eating innings definitely provides value. And at $10 million, that's just the price of starting pitching in Major League Baseball. If you have kids out there, give them a ball and teach them how to be a pitcher because it is a very, very lucrative profession to be involved in. I also think, too, that at $18 million for the Dodgers, that's what his club option was to bring him back. Had he performed well, they would have probably done it just to have that depth when you have so many questions and uncertainty. But considering the home run issue, considering the fact that the home run rate actually went up with the Dodgers and the strikeout rate went down. So some of his advanced stuff really started to dip with LA. So they probably said, no, thank you. But Lance Lynn is with the St. Louis Cardinals. We wish him well. Once a Dodger, always a Dodger. Oh, and he just gave up another home run there. Now, the biggest story today in baseball is that the Buffalo Oryx of the NPB have posted star Japanese pitcher Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Now, what that means is that Yamamoto is going to have 45 days to find a deal with an MLB club. That gives him up until January 4th to sign a new contract with a team in Major League Baseball, or he'll go back to the NPB. So Yoshinobu Yamamoto has been posted, so you know what that means. It's on for the Oakland A's. They got to get their guy. No, I'm just playing. Now, I think it's going to come down to either the Yankees, the Mets, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, the Giants, I think the Cubs. I mean, there's a lot of teams out there that would absolutely love to have him in the front of their rotation. I think the big question teams would have is if you're a win now club like the Dodgers, right, that really, really needs to win next season, do you want to take a shot on an unproven player, on an unproven commodity, a guy that hasn't thrown one pitch at the big league level? Do you want to bet on the adjustment from the NPB to the MLB? Remember, you're not going every fifth day. You're going every sixth day. The baseball is a little different, a little stickier over there. So some adjustments that they're going to have to make to be able to assimilate and transition to Major League Baseball. Now, I absolutely think Yamamoto is going to be very good. I think there's really no bust factor. I think the only concerns for me are, one, injuries. 5'10". Yes, it's worked out for Pedro Martinez, but it's more about the forkball, the splitter, the type of pitches that he throws. I mean, you see pitcher injuries go up. Max Scherzer said today that Dr. Neil Elitrach has made it clear that the pitching clock has contributed to pitchers' injuries. So investing in pitchers right now, it is very risky. It's always a risk. It's always a risk that you have to take, but even more so now, especially when it's an unproven pitcher. I had J.P. Hornster on my show a few weeks ago, and we talked about how sometimes pitchers from the MPB or the KBO, sometimes when you look under the hood and you explore their medicals, you start to see some red flags and some big concerns. So it's just some fruit for thought. You have to really explore this entire idea and look under every rock and just cross off every T and dot every I before you go all in and invest that kind of money. Because just think about this. MLB trade rumors, they predict that he's going to sign for nine years at $225 million. So that's a $25 million AAV. And it could include some opt-outs, right? He's so young, might include those opt-outs. But at that price for a pitcher, that's going to set the record for a pitcher and a player that's never played one game at the big league level, right? So it's a very, very big risk. And this is a Dodgers franchise that has been risk-averse in the past. I think this offseason, I think they're a little more open to taking some risks and just going for it with who they think can help them win in the next one, two, three seasons because you do want to maximize the primes of Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts and Will Smith and all these guys in your current nucleus. Now, how good of a pitcher is Yamamoto? What is his ceiling? I think 
think his ceiling is top 10 pitcher in baseball. I truly do believe that. I mean, he dominated the second best league on the planet in the NPB. And I don't just mean dominate. I'm talking multi Sawamura awards, which is their version of the Cy Young. If you look at his numbers, he's also been good for quite some time. It's not just one good season. A lot of people out there saying, oh, Dylan C's only had one elite season. That hasn't been the case for Yamamoto. He had a one 8-2 ERA in over 897 innings in the MPB, a 26.43 strikeout rate, a 5.9 walk rate. Also, one of his most impressive stats is a 1% home run to fly ball percentage. So he keeps the ball in the yard. He's got elite command. He has strikeout ability. He's got a deep pitch mix with a lethal forkball, an electric fastball. He uses that fastball to set up all of his secondary pitches, and I think that's going to translate to the show. I truly do believe that. Now, you also get last year, and he's coming to the show on a high. Last season, he posted a 121 ERA. A 121 ERA had the lowest FIP of his career at 174 through 164 innings of work. He had a 14 strikeout game in the Japan series there late in the year. And then just look at the consistency. That's what I look at is he has been consistently elite in the MPB. And it's almost like he's a man amongst boys over there. I mean, you're talking about three consecutive seasons with a sub two ERA. I don't care what league you are. That's not easy. You can do that little league. Wouldn't it be that easy? He's done it in the second best league on the planet. Now you look at the posting fees and this and that. I wouldn't get too involved because one, it's not our money. And two, the Dodgers are just going to be looking at the total price. They're not worried about the fact that you give them $225 million and you're having to pay the Buffalo Oryx about $35 plus million of that, something in that range, right? It's just about finding a way to get elite starting pitching, and he's the unknown, right? He's the mystery box. There's something really cool about that. There's something really cool about when he throws his first pitch at the big league level, it will be his debut. It'll be his first pitch, right? If you get a Blake Snell, you're just hoping that he does what he did last year, right? You're just hoping that he doesn't struggle with command. It doesn't have a down year like we've seen him have, right? If you get Montgomery, you know what he has. There's something very special about the unknown. So, of course, I mean, I said it months ago that Yamamoto was just below Shohei Otani. Of course, Otani, I still think what he does at the plate with the bat, I think he can change this entire franchise with the stick alone. And the reality is that Shohei Otani at the plate is top two and he's not two, right? And that an elite bat is still worth that price. And you consider all the marketing benefits. You consider that he's essentially an investment. And look, it'll give you something to look forward to in 2025 when he gets on the mound again. Now, even if he never pitches again or he transitions to being a reliever like we saw John Smoltz do, he can still become a competent outfielder. He's one of the faster players in the league. I have zero doubts he can provide some value as an outfielder. And yes, being an average to a slightly above average outfielder does not provide the same value as being an elite starting pitcher, and you're having to pay for that. But still, I still think that if you can get Shohei Otani, you have to go for it. Now, the big question is, might the Dodgers just go absolutely F you money and scorched earth and say, we want Yamamoto and Otani, it's probably unlikely, but still, 
If you don't get Otani, hopefully the Dodgers will be more aggressive in trying to get a Yamamoto. Now, another thing to consider as well is that you got Roki Sasaki a couple years down the pipe, right? Could possibly sooner than later if he wants to go the Otani route and play for a minor league deal and just get a signing bonus, right? Maybe he does that, maybe he doesn't, but Sasaki is a big prize as well that the Dodgers might want to add a few years down the line. Now, Andrew Friedman last week, I talked to him about Japanese pitchers and when they're going to consider bringing one back, considering the rich history of Japanese pitching in this organization. And here's what Friedman had to say. If you look at this free agency class, you got Nola, you got a lot of great names, Montgomery, you got Snell. You also got two Japanese pitchers. They're going to be made available to sign. You guys, deep history from Hideo Nomo, Hiroki Kuroda, so many great Japanese pitchers. Kenta Maeda to the deal. You signed great contract, a lot of great incentives there. When is it going to be time to really step back into that Japanese market and how much of a priority is that? Yeah, I mean, I think um, there are some really talented pitchers over there, two that are coming out, but way more that are over there that over time will. Um, I went over there twice this year, um, and it's incredible how well they are developing starting pitching over there. And I'm sure there are things that we can learn um, from what they're doing. But, yeah, I mean, obviously we have a rich history um, and tradition with Japanese pitchers and certainly has a lot of appeal and value to us, not just this offseason, just going forward. So I would still go all in on Shohei Otani, but hey, I would also strongly consider if you don't get Otani or even if you have the option, right, you go Yamamoto and Blake Snell, maybe try to trade for Nolan Arenado. It's like having three Ferraris versus one Bugatti, right? I mean, I think when you look at the potential there and having that starting pitching depth, you're not going to approach a World Series unless you get two starting pitchers. So we'll see if they get Cease. We'll see if they get one of these frontline starters via free agency. But it's a fascinating development. Yoshinobu Yamamoto, he is someone that has superstar potential. I think there's no doubt about it. He is going to put butts in the seats. A lot of intrigue with him. He's going to sign a big bag. He's going to make records with that contract. So I'm very excited about the possibility of Yamamoto, but let's get Otani, and that's going to be the priority for me. But that's going to do it for this episode of Dodgers Dugout. My name is Doug McCain, and let me know down below in the comments section. Do you want to see the Dodgers go all in on Yoshinobu Yamamoto? Do you have any concerns, his height, his injury history potentially, as far as the uncertainty with him, the fact he's never pitched in the show? Is that prevent you from giving him that big bag for the Dodgers? Do you still want to go all in on Otani to the fact that he can't pitch next season? He's just going to be a DH and not provide as much value for someone you're going to be given close to $50 million, possibly more than $50 million to. Is that a concern? Let me know down below. And if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel. Do me a huge favor. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue. stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas bring them home home. 